Welcome to China Tech Talk, the weekly discussion of technology and startups here in China. I am John Artman, editor in chief of TechNote, and as always, I'm joined by Matthew Brennan, founder of China Channel. So this week we're talking with、uh, Naomi Wu, also known as the real sexy cyborg on Twitter and and Reddit.、Um, over the past year or so, she's gained、um, a lot of attention、um, for for good good and bad reasons.、Um, she is based in Shenzhen and. And she is a a maker, and so she has、uh, very successfully、uh, built up an audience on、uh, both on on YouTube and and on Twitter. And you know, it was it was a really good conversation because Naomi is just you know this is her her passion. It, this is her her life in a sense. And so it's really cool to see someone. You know, we've talked about Shenzhen before, but it's really cool to talk to someone who is who is living that, who is living you know kind of the the hardware life in Shenzhen. Yeah. She- Very much is right.、Um, she's、uh, describes herself as a as a sort of maker, a hobbyist,、uh, but she's totally into it. I think and and、uh, is quite passionate about building things and using、uh, all the resources and hardware available in Shenzhen、uh, to, to 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 make things with her with her own knowledge and 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 her own、uh, skills. So yeah, she's got like Naomi's.、Um, yeah, she's built up a very strong following, and I think uh, I've uh, I've seen her on. Twitter. She's got a lot of interesting things to say about、uh, China in general. She has a very unique、uh, sort of perspective, I guess, given what she does, and uh, and uh, so it's really great to have her on the podcast. I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, and 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 again, like it's it's coming from a very different perspective because I think that、um, a lot of the people that that we that we end up talking to、um, in in China it, about technology in China it ends up being a bit conceptual. Um, whereas Naomi was talking literally about,、um, and of course, I guess it's not surprising because it's hardware.、Um, but you know, she talks about you know the 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 things that that she sees and kind of the projects that that she's working on, as well as the the community in Shenzhen.、Um, and so again, I mean, it was just a, a really great conversation,、um, and、uh, we were very happy to, to be able to get her on. Yeah, a, b- a bit of a different one today, I think. Right?、Uh, today was, you know, this, I think this episode we're covering is quite different from the topics we use. Usually cover,、um, but it's it's definitely China. It's definitely tech, and、uh, so we you know we want to explore more different areas as well.、Um, and so yeah, it's really nice to have like someone from from this particular area on the podcast because we haven't covered it.、Before. And with that, we give you Naomi Wu. Well, Naomi, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. So the first question that we like to ask our guests is,、uh, "What's your story?、Um, and and in particular for you, what got you into making? I think I should give a little bit、uh, introduction first. I、uh, my name is Naomi Wu, aka Sexy Cyber Online. I'm a DIY and 3D printer、uh, enthusiast. I、uh, and also have a YouTube channel. Mostly, I'm doing vlogging now. And you know, because for me, my main job is to do web development. Before now, it's reaching to Harvard, more so to Harvard development. And、uh, I live in Shenzhen. Shenzhen is a、um, great place to start this kind of thing. When I was in college. Actually, my major I major in English, so I don't have any、uh, engineering background. But so I have to all this. I self taught. I my I, I taught myself coding in college in spare time for some extra money for allowance, and then.、Uh, 
I watch a lot of tutorials online and learn how to, um, you know, because I don't have the engineering background and a lot of problems. I have to look on uh, the forum and talk to people on the forum and watch tutorials and the making videos, you know, DIY making, they just popped up in my YouTube recommending <laughs> list. So I watch those too. Uh, my first uh, DIY project is the Haroku Skirt. Uh, it's from a Japanese maker. And I saw that I was like, why not make a little bit changes so i did that for the in 2015 after uh the maker uh, fair there is a party afterwards i went there and i showed that people love it so i stuck with it since then i start uh, making more and more there is a kind of satisfaction in it too it's different from uh, web development and i think it's very important to address that i <laughs> My uh, technical skill is no better than a middle school student. A lot of the tutorial I watch on uh, Adafruit, I just made a few changes uh, during the process in making. I, you know, some sometimes if I don't have a good inspiration or I don't can't think of anything else, I will look for the sources on Adafruit and make some changes and I can use Tinkercad. Tinkercad is meant for um, kids. So those are not high-end uh, development skill, anything like that. So like my YouTube channel, I always say at the last part, if I can do it, anyone can do it. So so a couple questions. Um, so you said that that you used to be doing web development. I remember from your from your pastebin FAQ, but that was back in 2015, you said that you were doing web development. Are, are you still doing that? Oh, I still have to uh, stable customer, but I'm doing less and less. I'm switching to uh, hardware development. After all, I live in Shenzhen. It's a hardware paradise. I mean, why not? <laughs> and I'm focusing more on uh, my channel also because I have Patreon going. My, As I say, I'm, I'm afraid that every, every Wednesday I'm supposed to uh, post a new video for my uh, audience. But today, really, I can't rush through everything with the interviews. Um, and so it got delayed. But mostly I also focus on now I'm also a YouTube vlogger. I do I reveal products for Chinese companies. I show foreigners that um, some of our interesting Chinese products and those and I still do DIY builds, but those takes a lot of time. So mostly now I'm just revealing products, show the usability and functional, uh, what it can do to people. And uh, I have my first project recently done and it's a Sinobit. It's a programming tool for uh, kids. It's a derivative of uh, Microbit and uh, the German Calliope. But we have our own version now. It can display Chinese, Hindi, Thai, and Japanese, but uh, the software is still in process. The hardware is done, but the software is still a long way to go, I think. But mostly more what's more important for uh, this hardware is I want to deliver a message for people. Not It's not just a computer programming tool. It's also um, for Chinese to learn the open source concept because a lot of people don't know what's open source. They will put a logo on every hardware they developers say, oh yeah, we are open source. But the truth is they don't know what it means. And open source is not just about free stuff you can just take. It's about uh, giving back to the community, reciprocate. Uh, reciprocation is a little bit hard for Chinese to process in their mind. Like what? It's free. We should, we're supposed to just take it. Yes, but also in the hardware, open source hardware community, there are more than that. It's about the community and the hacker ethics. And I think in the future, I will do some consulting for uh, 
uh, Chinese companies also marketing consulting and um, as act as a bridge for Chinese hard and uh, Western hardware communities for better cooperation. But that's what I'm doing now also. Yeah. So I mean, what do you typically? Uh make and how do you define making yourself what uh, most of the stuff i do is related to wearables you can see my uh blinkini the led uh, uh lcd shutter glass top and uh my wrist mount uh my wrist mount for my mini drones those are all uh, wearable stuff and also related to 3d printed stuff i would do some you know use 3d uh printer to print out stuff for uh my wearable projects and now, uh, hardware stuff, uh, sign of it, but I'm thinking about doing more in the future. And what was your question again? <laughs> um, well, you know, you, you seem to make a lot of different things, right? Is there anything you're particularly passionate or excited about making? Uh, usually my, uh, inspiration comes from Chinese history. A lot of people that can do engineering doesn't really combine the two together. And a lot of people who understand history don't have the engineering background. So usually I combine two things together. Uh, to combine modern technology and Chinese history together to make uh, my wearable projects. Um, yeah. Can you give us an example of that? Like, is like the skirt inspired um, by that, or is there something else that you're thinking of? Um, my, yeah, my um, LCD shutter class, uh, LCD shot, uh, shutter class uh, top is it's invisible. It has three modes, and one of them is um, I sort of you know find the source on Wikipedia and Baidu says that you know in ancient times Chinese girls they dance with the fan the fan dancing and that's how I got the idea and I will say you know for um, as for making in China I would say it's like uh, it's I would define it as a cultivation of creativity because we Chinese do calligraphy or Tai Chi is not the intention for making money if we all do that for making money that will be no creativity or innovation we use mostly we do these things sort of things for um, building up our artistic talent mm. and health. We believe, you know, we do Tai Chi is for health, it's good for your body. Mm. And making is, uh, good, uh, building things is a good way for solving problems. When you practice more, you understand the issues, then it's easier to solve problems also. If that's why I think maker education, it's a great thing in China. If people can do that, you no, know, really do, um, real maker spaces and stuff because it's very different from the Western. If they can do that it's definitely very helpful for china because especially shenzhen is all about innovation and creativity they want to foster an environment for people to become innovative and uh, creative yeah i, I guess that's the uh, the next point we really want to go into which is mm -hmm. Shenzhen is so famous for hardware, um, but is it good for people who, hobbyists like yourself who, or people who just want to explore making things as an individual rather than as a company? Oh, you know, there, I know some, there are quite some uh, talented foreign makers here, but for Chinese, the one who has the same skill, they would make thousands of the projects instead of one. Why just make one, right? So they end up being the commercialized hardware development companies. Yeah. <laughs> 
and most of them do. So it's very different from uh, so Chinese as a maker doesn't make much sense in Western because it's totally two different meanings. If they can make one thousand, they won't just make one. But for foreigners, they are pure. Some of them are just pure hobbies. They would just make one thing. So and for Chinese, they always end up becoming a businessman. <laughs> the title for them it becomes commercialized. It's not just about making. It's also about making money. Right. Right. Um. So are you saying essentially there's not too many Chinese uh, maker hobbyists in China? That that for Chinese they're just all focusing. If they're in this area, then they're all focusing on building businesses and making money rather than for passionate about you know building things. Mostly do mostly have a regular job and very few of them they directly as a hobby. Once they have one or two ideas, they probably would choose the path for hardware development, especially in uh, Shenzhen. Like I am, uh, I advocate for an open source community because it does a lot of help to me and I benefit a lot from the open source community. But for other Chinese, they probably don't feel the same way, and that's why they don't publish their source online. The Chinese makerspaces is different from the Western makerspaces. They might share; they, they don't just share good tools um, and the environment and the values. They also share their uh, source code online. But for Chinese, they probably won't do that. It's mostly for um, them. They, I just haven't encountered someone like that for like adult makers. But for kids, it's totally different things. But just for adults, like someone use just build it as a hobby, purely do it for I would say something different, like calligraphy, painting, piano, more traditional stuff. For them, it's um more likely for artistic things they would do it just for um but for also for very practical reasons because when you develop a skill, it's easier for you to do other stuff. And they haven't seen for they haven't seen the benefits in it, but um they do it, they still do it, but just different from. Western communities. Well, so I'm I'm curious. So you mentioned, you know, that 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 Shenzhen doesn't really have any any maker spaces, and 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 you said that they're they're a little bit they're they're a bit different. So I'm curious. And so like, let's say that I'm I'm someone, you know, from the U.S. used to working in a maker space, and I go to Shenzhen to a to a maker space down there. I mean, what do you think? Like, how, like what what do you think would be like the biggest difference, or what do you think would be the most obvious difference to someone who's used to working in a a maker space outside of China? Uh, so if you are someone from the U.S. You used to work for makerspaces. The difference is you come here if you want to teach kids for your own curriculum. Uh, it's very different because Chinese also has a side project, like they have a front face as a makerspaces, and as they also have a company that development develop the uh, educational kit for uh, kids or for middle school students. They usually export those electronics or they sell it to school. So the for the training classes they have in the makerspaces or the membership that for people to go in and use their tools for foreigner needs to um, compromise for that like if you want to do something like actual making I don't think they will probably ask you to teach them the skills so that they can have the skill they can use it to uh, train other people too and uh, yeah it's usually it's like that it's for teaching them but if you want to act on your like you want to do your own thing you want to be all like oh it's for let's just make stuff let's publish this do this they probably would do different things because they have their own products they want you to uh, help them to promote their own products using their own products in the uh, maker spaces not purely for uh, making so for foreigners usually they're as a role of teacher and 
not so much for like a group of people, not so much for developing an ecosystem and the community. So, so then how how is the how is the maker community in 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 Shenzhen? You know, you kind of mentioned that that you hoped that you know in China it could be a little bit more open source. So, is is there is there a strong community, or is it, or do you find that that it it, it could use some improvement? So, as I say, some of them have their um, so they have their own product, their own company. They're still a company, a hardware development company, and open source for most of them is still closed source. They're not open source. Of course, they say they are, but when you Google online, they never submitted uh, their projects to the open source hardware uh, association. And most of them get granting from government too, so they get tons of grants from government. Their most of their audience are actually um, the people who pay them. Of course, not re- really for the maker community. So they need to put on a show. They need to have someone on tell them they are authentic. Otherwise, why would people go there and use their tools, right? So some people are for front faces to um, show them they are authentic, real. But for the adult education, I just don't think that works in China. But for but for the uh, for children, the maker education in Shenzhen, they're better. They are great. Like my friend Lao, she do maker education, and um, I think the quality is better. And those kids, as they grow up, I think they will become uh, makers, like real makers in the future. Not now. For the people, a lot of I always say, why do we have to advocate open source in China? Because even though when they grow up and they major in engineering, when they were a kid, they're just using. Shanzai Kong product is very hard to change the habit once it's all set in your head that it doesn't matter what to use as long as it's cheap. So I have to tell them, I have to find a way to uh, explain open source to them and let them accept the idea of open source is about reciprocation. Like lineage, if they know that we all, all, always, you know, respect our elder, respect other people and our teachers so they can accept that from lineage and they can tell that, oh, if it's from German, it's from England, Great. We, we, we um, learned it from them. If we learn it from someone, it's a lineage. You are supposed to give it back, right? So it explores the opportunity. Uh, it has a, it will create an opportunity for Chinese kids and Western kids to communicate with each other because Chinese kids can post their project on the platform and then the Western people see it and they can develop it from that too. But as I say, maker education for kids is different from adults because hard to change your habits once my is set and also the environment for that is not you know for really for makers it's just for fun face for showing well so 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 what about what about you i mean like is there are there any like like meetups or or or, or people that that you hang out with in in the maker community um i guess like what what i'm what, I, what i'm trying to try to what i'm trying to get a sense of is um not so much like maker spaces or open source more just like you know are there people in shenzhen kind of kind of like you that are doing it because they have a real passion for it there are definitely people who are doing it that also have a passion in it. Like my friend who came to Maker Fair this year were invited by um, organization. And he really have a passion on, I know some tons of people, they are, how to say, they don't come from a rich background, but they have a passion in makings. And they believe that if you have a sort of skill for solving problem and making 
it makes other stuff easier. Also, they might not be engineer or programmer. They just like to make things like me. And my friend did that. He make a lot tons of interesting things, and they uh and he bring uh brought it to the maker fair here. And I saw tons of when I was there filming, I saw tons of follow uh Westerner that are interesting in his projects. Like you know, he do he does disruption stuff like me, disruptive things. I do disruptive tech, and he do what boys always do, making guns and flame uh fire. <laughs> fire flames um so people are interested in that and he really but he also has his he co-founded his own maker spaces um to teach uh, kids so he it's a kind of business model for him too uh i don't do that i do it just as a hobby but they do that so that they can because there is no other sources uh, uh you know come um no other uh founding sources for them if they don't have relations uh ships with the government they have to create one by themselves so they he on he posted on the crowdfunding por- uh websites and i think now he's opening another one he's going to have free offline maker spaces but those are not funded by government. Those are funded by the people who find this project interesting and wanted to help. And like um, Kickstarter as a package, if you sponsor them, you will uh, you can learn something, something as a curriculum one uh, for period one, two, three, like that, so that they learn the skill from him. And he's a very skillful uh, craftsman. I would say I don't think he engineer. Uh, his major is engineering, probably is media like that because he makes good um, videos for. He's thinking about doing something like me also, exploring the Western uh, market, uh, not Western market, probably Chinese market, because there is some English, uh, language barrier for them. And that's, for me, it's a big advantage to speak English. But for them, it's kind of a barrier. So he's going to explore the Chinese market, putting videos, tutorials online. And like YouTube, we have uh, Yuku, we have other Chinese platform that uh, you can mon- uh, monetize your video and get paid also but mostly for me I do it I want to make so so I monetize my video so that I could make more more stuff and keep it going otherwise it's very hard to maintain everything and because in Shenzhen it's very the house pricing is high I have to pay rent I have to also do my own stuff and being a freelancer in China is definitely not common like un- unless you're talking about e-commerce on Taobao and uh, something like that but if you're doing it as a hobbyist and I'm also you know in entertainment business because what I do is not really complicated so mostly I'm a part of the performance also Mm, interesting yeah I think that leads on to the next thing I wanted to talk about which is you know you've got uh you've built up large followings on western media twitter youtube and um like you say you've the language barrier for you is, is is much much less you've got good english um, so you basically you're you're you talk to people a lot, uh, your your fans and followers, I imagine, about China, uh, about Chinese tech. And what do you think are the sort of biggest misconceptions that a lot of people have about China or making in China? So I know I still my English, my writing skill and readings is better, but my listening comprehension and speaking is still uh, not so well. And for the construction, for organizing the words together, like now, I sometimes ramble. <laughs> 
a lot. So I have to <laughs> find. Uh, oh, thank we, you. We, thank we you. do the same in Chinese. Trust us. <laughs> I think for people who are speaking, not they're not speaking their mother tongue is an obstacle. And I often ask my overseas educated friends to help me to proofread because, with, like you say, with uh, now I have a large group of followers, and I want I don't want to sound foolish. I want them to I want to present the uh, best part of the Chinese uh, uh, Chinese tech the 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 stuff to them presented them the best part and uh, explain to them the best way I, I could. But also I need a uh, proofread. And the misconception for uh, Chinese uh, and Western uh, about making in China is, uh, I think it's a little bit... Uh, with, uh, I repeat the last question is um, that in China a lot of maker spaces is they get a lot of grant they get uh, granting so they uh, they get a large grant for putting on a show and unlike the foreign uh, Western uh, making maker communities they do that they just use the space for good tools and good environment and do something they like it's different we do it mostly we have two we have one is for hardware development one is as a fun phase to get more funding so when they really think that oh must be if they because we also use you know um, kind of funny white monkey as a fun face we, we we believe it's more authentic we have a white people pointed out that it's more authentic and people will believe it and uh, it's easier to do that do it in ways like that too if, if there is no real substance you are neither going to publish your source or you don't or you just find an easy way to ask somebody to do it for you right and for and so western they come to China and they were like, oh, yeah, it's authentic. It's, they take some pictures with them and really it's none of their business. It's not like they really care what's going on here. Right? But I care because I'm, a Ch- I'm Chinese. I'm supposed to, you know, point out if something is not in the right direction for uh, Chinese development. And they come here, they would, they have their own plans to like European. They have sort of projects going on with the Chinese university and they probably say, yeah, Chinese are existing as now so that we need so that they can get funding too. I'm not quite sure what's what's their deal, but um, they have their own thing and the, uh, the Chinese maker community have their own thing. So... I, but I'm doing my own thing and I will keep doing my own thing but also point out that what they should do to change them to make a difference so that we won't stuck in this uh, situation but if they insist that's nothing I can do but I find it uh, for our kids I think they're very different from the adult education maker education they're different and because they have access to uh, maker education they will have a lot of kids I, I've met they are really smart and their thinking is a whole lot different from the adults I met so I'm looking forward to see what our uh, future Chinese maker can do but I would think I think there would be difference I would be a, 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 there would be a difference being made in the future yeah I think so yeah there's definitely a trend of uh, young Chinese wanting to do uh, explore things because they're they, they're passionate about it and more independent and they're under less pressure to make money so i think these are all good trends for the sort of maker community and, and encouraging kind of area and of, of course the tools are getting easier and easier for most people they thought that it's about you know a process about learning everything on one subject subject but it's not for me is if the tool like photoshop if the tools are getting easier we have made to them i just use different you know tools to do things 
it's called a tool chain so that you use multiple tools to finish one project but mm. people think you need to acquire a large uh, amount of knowledge on one subject in order to do that in, but uh, as, as the tools get developer and it gets easier it will be easier to uh, do what we used to do also like we used to have to do like language, um, like program language, we have high end and we have uh, back, I'm sorry, front end and back end. So front end is a different from back end, but there's those tools going and the package get upgraded. It's diff- um, it will be easier for us also. Like computers, computers now and back then is different also. So I'm curious. So you mentioned that uh, you do quite a few reviews of, of Chinese hardware. So I'm wondering, you know, looking looking at, you know, the products that you review and kind of the, the companies that, that you've interacted with. I mean, what, what's what's your opinion of, of Chinese hardware? I think that, you know, it's it's like for us, for Matt and I, it's, it's very easy to be to be pretty big boosters of hardware in general. And I think more and more people are, are looking at Chinese hardware as kind of uh, trendsetters in, in some ways. But I mean, do, do you agree with that? I mean, like, do you think that, that Chinese hardware in general is getting better, more, more innovative? A lot of them, you know, Chinese often look for... <laughs> Resort, uh, ideas from residents. Because Shenzhen is still a very young city and we have innovative people too, especially for hardware development, industrial designer. But some of them, we will call this engine generic. You will see computers and phones almost look identical. Uh, but we there, but the, uh, development process is very quick in uh, Shenzhen. It's true that it's going at a, uh, it's more efficient for us to, like, I, that's why I say when I develop a silo bit, it's a leverage for me in China because of this location is easier to get things done. And as a Chinese person, and it helps me to learn how we're here too but the how you start innovative of, of course they don't share around each other and like uh, the ideas they don't and that's the design they're all pattern but definitely there are some innovative design out there and for hardware development I think for incubator like Hex, people should go there and go for the process so they know that uh, how it works in China right if you've never been to China and you just have an idea uh, you can look for an uh, incubator like that. But for me, I would say hardware development, it's, it's easy to get things done. And one of my friends has just, you know, he's going to launch his Kickstarter project. He was, uh, he raised, he, he was uh, raised in America, an Asian American. So he used to be a photographer and now he has this idea and he come to Shenzhen and make it come true. And when I first saw it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, maybe, maybe I a little bit, I, I think I underrate, I, I undermined it, um, underrate him. So the product is awesome and it's made in Shenzhen, made from Shenzhen. The quality is better than any of the other products I own. It's, it's a um, camera. So I was like, oh, really? It's the world production. So I have some doubt in my head too, because I never seen anything like like this so i was quite surprised and so if i know the sources i i think i will cover it with them in the future too if someone can do something like this it's, it's it's remarkable amazing but it's not everything like for if you only have an idea and you own, you don't need a mass amount of it like it's not for kickstarter or for crowdfunding I'm not sure if it's the best idea to just come to Shenzhen and develop it. If you only need a small amount of it, it's just a proof of, you know, a concept and a small DIY project. If you can do it in America, save your time, then do it in America uh, or other countries in Europe. But if you want a large quantity of it, you want to make it a brand, uh, you want to make it a brand, make it uh, accessible for people around the world. You want to sell your projects, right, around the world. So I think it would be a good place to start 
start from Shenzhen. And it's because with the ease of getting access to parts and uh, professional talents, it's a great place to get hardware development done in Shenzhen. So so going back a minute to, to Chinese hardware, I'm really kind of curious. And so, you know, again, looking at like the products you've reviewed um, and things like that, I mean, like what's been what's been your favorite product to review or or maybe what's your favorite um, like which which you know category of hardware products do you do you think is the strongest for me mostly i will build products at home i don't do um because i want to keep it or uh, make it i do honest review not like even though i'm chinese and interacting with chinese I still try my best to uh, do a good job. And because most of my audience, they are uh, foreigners, so they need an honest review they can uh, buy online from China. And most of I interact with is 3D printer companies and they just send me 3D printer and I build it. I tell uh, tell my audience the usability. Usually I reveal products that are accessible to everyone. Like it's easy to use. I present them the usability, not uh, uh, complicated, not the complicated parts, the engineering parts. If there is any problems, I will come uh, talk to the company and uh uh, engineer uh, try to solve the problem but for in Shenzhen VR is also very big uh, but they want me to do it in their you know in their studio or I need to go there and they set up for me I usually don't do that generally that's not the way I do things I do it at my house so that I can unbox it and people can see how I do it so that they can do it by themselves too mostly I do things that I can re- I reveal uh, products I can do it on my own I uh, doesn't require a lot of help if it's heavy, I can find someone to carry it for me. But if they need me at present, they say, oh, come to uh, our company so that we can, you know, talk and uh, I can set it up for you. So if they need me to cover for them, they only have a prototype. They don't have, uh, they haven't produced the product yet. They only have the prototype. I usually turn them down. I, uh, I'm i keen to, I'm more interested to products that are already produced, have, uh, and ready to ship uh, abroad. Uh, otherwise, I won't uh, accept the offer. So so let me, let me ask the question in a, in a different way. Um, how many of the products you've reviewed have you gone on to keep using in in your own projects or or uh, workflow action cameras i use almost every time when i uh trying to film my videos one two three four five uh, about six or seven uh because mostly i use for different for my uh, rebel projects and uh, i use them quite often almost uh every week now i use um this month i spend more time on um interviews and media but usually i just it's like a workhorse my for different just print every day so I use them very often yeah and if I need to print out multiple parts I will cooperate with I will use all of them at the same time because I have a couple so I can use them at the same time so that it will fasten the process and action camera when um, the camera I'm using right now I bought them I, I used to just use the camera for taking pictures those kind People think it's more professional, but uh, the quality I don't think is, and it's not that good. And the camera I'm using now is better, but they're not for, um, they they they're not real products. I just bought them. And the other ones, the 360 videos, is kind of a way of cheating also, because when I'm filming with three or four cameras, when I edited it, it's trouble. It's kind of troublesome and takes up a, t- a lot of time. But when editing 360 videos, you can see from different angles, uh, free uh, 180 and each side. So when you edited it, it's easier. You just you're editing the whole video one time, right? Mm. It's easier. So I use that. Uh, most of the video I use 360 camera. 
camera to uh, film uh, film also. So one, two, yeah. Yeah, the three sixty camera. To... Sorry, the the three sixty camera is really cool. I saw I saw a video that you did on on YouTube, and YouTube has that capability where you can actually pan around and, and look around at all the different things that that you were recording with that one piece of equipment. Yeah, and people think it's <laughs> one of the company use it and say, oh, if you're trying to do any sneaky stuff, now if people are using three sixty camera, they can when they look back, they can see what you're doing behind them. And I find it interesting too. A lot of people come here, watch my 360 video, just see other people's reaction. Not just for me, because when I'm, I'm looking at the heat maps uh, on YouTube channel, they have a function called heat map. So they will, uh, they you know what uh, people center, uh, what people mostly focus on when they are watching your video. Uh, that, that's funny, you know, they watch people's reaction and uh, sometimes they focus on me, but just they, I look at the comments, sometimes it makes me laugh so hard because they were like, oh, look at, at porn 56, there is a guy behind you doing this and that. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> go back and do <laughs> yeah, they, they're like a uh, detective. They will go through each flame and they will tell you what, what's going on. So I think for reloggers and for people who are trying to get a reaction with people, what people think, that would be a good tool. For me, I think it's just easier for me to add, uh, add this stuff. And also, it's quite interesting. Like you said, people can look around what's uh, uh, what's around me, but it's very slow. And the first time, what people don't understand is they can, you know, drag around and see things around you. They were just like, oh, my God, it's so fussy. And I can't, you know, where am I supposed to look? And then they find out that you can move the picture. They were like, oh, I see. And um, the resolution is low if you don't set it high. It usually it's 1080p. Uh, it uh, will be easier to uh, see the picture. But otherwise, they were like, it's so fussy. I don't know why you're using that. But I'm like, actually, I write it in the description box. I'm like, do this and do that. And then you will see what's going on. And usually because they don't read the instructions, then um, it's their fault, not my fault. <laughs> you know, you identify yourself as a transhumanist, mm -hmm. and uh, we just thought we'd ask, what does that what does that mean to you? Um, is it mm -hmm. something I to do with cyborgs? <laughs> I think it can be understand with uh, more parts and abilities that you were not born with. So with the technology, you and you can do whatever to your body or whatever kind of technology you choose to use. And personally, for me, I just think my body is just an enclosure. It's nothing wrong to upgrade my hardware internally. Like if I put a chip on my, no matter it's in my hand or in my hand, it's the same thing for me. But uh, I don't have NFC chips or anything like that. I just think it's not really useful for me now. The functionality is just not there. But if I see something great and fully developer, I'm all for it in the future. I'm going to, you know, incorporate it internally and do something else with my body. Maybe magnets. I will uh, put some magnets because I do a lot of uh, DIY projects with uh, fashion and wearables. And with magnets, it will be easier to put it on. And my socks also. I like to wear those, you know, uh, stockings. It's always slip off. And um, I don't think, yeah, my garb can hold it. Like, I, no matter how I adjust it, it's just not right. I don't know. Maybe I'm clumsy. I am clumsy. And with the magnets in your body for wearables, it will be easier for me to present. And I think that would be more interesting for people to see. So, I mean, do you, do you see this, this like transhumanism or, or, you know, physical upgrading? Do you see this becoming a, a trend in China? I mean, like, do you, are, are there many like-minded people, um, you know, that, that kind of view the body in, in a similar way that you do? Yeah, some people, they, you know, they put uh, NFC implants in their body. 
But I don't think that's a really big procedure or anything. If you like to, just do it. Do it by yourself. And mostly when Chinese are talking about, you know, implants, the small implants, I was kind of, I find it kind of amused because the little implants on your body is nothing. Like it's not, uh, um, uh, how to say, termination. It's not dirty or it has a side effects on your body. And of course, if it's fully uh, safe, uh, like NFC chips, and I, some of my friends did that too. And they also have a fly fly tattoo. You can, um, your the implant will light up in the darkness uh, at night. Uh, people do that sort of kind of thing. And for Chinese, um, there are some, I'm sure there are some, but I don't know. I, I don't know them. They're out there, but uh, I don't know much. We call, mostly, we just probably like me, do augmentation. Like they go for a lot of, would you say a plastic surgery is um <laughs> I think it's transhumanist too. They want to change how they look. Usually, it's plastic surgery. A lot of girls I know they have they have gone through minor uh, plastic surgery for their bodies and their appearance. But if you're talking about implant uh, implants chips like that, there I'm sure in the ha- hacker community there are some people do that too. Uh, but not a lot that mm, do a lot of stuff like this. They are open-minded. They're definitely open-minded too. Um, because I think it's so common plastic surgery, just so common in China and. Yeah. Yeah, other stuff. So if they can accept that, why couldn't they accept other uh, other kind of procedure, right? It's also uh, they're all biohacking. You're 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 doing this to change yourself to acquire some sort of abilities or uh, something you want by the this kind of procedure. And for me, uh, more important is doing something with tech. And if they have something come out and say that, oh, maybe I could fly <laughs> if I have a, a wings, a pair of wings. That if you uh, if I have magnets on my body and when you plug it in you can fly oh awesome I will do that too I put some manics on my back and then plug it in then I can fly <laughs> but mm. you know just for um, but I haven't seen people doing lots of things that uh, related to except plastic surgery um, chips or uh, something connected to your nerves uh, because some foreigners they uh, do something with their uh, the nerves how to say that nerve um, plug in with their heads they, they wanted to you know uh, they uh, upgrade their consciousness or something, something crazy, you know. Uh, but I don't think those are fully developed. Of course, there is a long way to go. So that would be a little bit dangerous. And um, those are not in my uh, consider. Uh, I'm not considering those right now. Yeah. yeah was, sorry, Matt. Go ahead. What about you guys? Was, what What if you you can uh, be different? You can be different uh, than other people among other people. What would you uh, do for your on your bodies? I think upgrading your body with. Uh, uh, you know, biohacking makes total sense. Um, it made me think of, I saw Hugh Her speak. He's from MIT um, at the, at the uh, Tencent Global Conference a, uh, a month ago. And um, he's, he's um, he actually lost his lower legs um, in, a, in an accident and he's a rock climber and he got them replaced. And, synthetic legs. Yeah, with synthetic legs. And, um, and now he's actually a better rock climber than he was before because <laughs> uh, he's got these like new legs which are like much much better for climbing and um and so he was talking about this whole topic uh, quite deeply and he's a sort of global expert in this area and, and he was talking more about artificial intelligence though about how um eventually it will you know we'll be able to combine and augment our minds and our our, uh, our abilities to to think with um, what's coming out now with, with, with artificial intelligence. But I think that's quite some way away. Um, but certainly the potential there is, is, is really, really, it sounds really cool, you know, basically. <laughs> 
that you know, you can uh, have like superpowers and um, and he's very much at the forefront of this um, doing research in America so um, yeah there are people who are you know exploring the possibilities of combining man and machine uh, quite seriously um, and uh, I've, you know I can't say personally that I've got any uh, you know any chips in me or anything like that but I, I I would I think it makes sense and I would I don't know like I haven't seen any it hasn't apart from like women have plastic surgery that's fine I think that's quite normal and accepted um, but with uh, for for men I don't think there's too much too many men who like change their bodies with surgery or with um, you know put augmenting themselves in in some way I don't I to my knowledge that's that's not so common but I would certainly be interested if there was something cool yeah I mean I think I think that 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 uh, Matt and I have, have a similar sensibility I mean like I, I have tattoos already so um, it's clear that that I'm kind of pro augmentation to a certain degree or at least you know um, cosmetically but I think it's it's really kind of interesting to like place you know cosmetics cosmetic plastic surgery and things like that into this 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 same kind of um, idea of, of biohacking because it really kind of changes the way you 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 look at the idea of cosmetic surgery or, or plastic surgery um, but I think perhaps that's a, that's a discussion for for a different time um, but Naomi I think that's 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 about all um, that we have today um, friends again for uh, inviting me on uh, to talk about uh, my stuff <laughs> to, and to uh, talk to you guys I think I've talked I've seen a lot of usually I'm too talkative and next time hopefully I can hear more opinions from uh, you guys what you think uh, since you guys are in China and with the development going maybe next time we can talk about my projects <laughs> maybe I will have more projects coming <laughs> <laughs>